Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Level Up with Leon podcast on this beautiful Monday morning. This is the place where you can level up your fitness and self-improvement game from me talking about the things that have worked for me and my clients and that might work for you. Remember, I don't run any ads on this podcast, so if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate it five stars and share it with someone else. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get straight into today's topic. So today's going to be a super useful episode for the newbies out there picking up weights for the first time. I'm going to talk to you about three lesser known common mistakes that newbies make in the gym and how you can avoid them so you can get the best out of your most productive year of training. Stay tuned all the way to the end of this episode because the last one I feel like is a major issue that newbies face that needs to be addressed because it can really make or break your lifting career as a whole. So without further ado, let's get straight into today's episode. All right, so number one is constant soreness, okay? Soreness is one of the major points of satisfaction, frustration, and confusion during the beginning of somebody's fitness journey, all of which are valid. Soreness is expected for new trainees and is often even self-utilized as a measure of the productivity of their workouts. However, this is not a proper way to measure progress. Nonetheless, new trainees often feel that pushing themselves to the extreme equates to a good workout. This thought process persists until overwhelming evidence is provided, demonstrating that soreness holds the least significance in terms of factors determining the productive quality of a workout. Constant soreness, though, is often the sign of a lack of planned programming and weekly subjective bouts of exercise, not training. At my other part-time job, it's well known that I'm a personal trainer, and sometimes my coworkers come to me with fitness questions. One coworker asks me more regularly than others. Recently, he asked about the quality of his workout plan because he feels sore all the time. He's not sure if that's a good thing or not, but he's willing to accept it if it's necessary. I asked him to let me know his plan, as without it, I have nothing to judge. He said, quote, well, I just go in and do XYZ exercises until I can't anymore. Then I asked him how often he works out a week, and I think he said three times or more. In that moment, I understood exactly why he's so sore all the time. Doing too damn much. So I asked, quote, do you write down the numbers you're hitting each time? He answered, no. I proceeded to tell him, then you don't have a program then. I explained that not having a program leads to just exercising and wearing yourself out rather than following a structured plan. The constant soreness comes from all the excessive volume produced from subjective all-out exercise. Beginners need only a small amount of work to get a significant stimulus. However, many new trainees believe that doing more work in the gym automatically leads to more gains. This is because logically they think muscle growth happens in the gym, but it actually occurs during recovery after a workout when muscles adapt through healing the damage dealt in the gym by growing in size to handle more tension or by growing in strength. Proper nutrition, rest, and structuring training to mitigate soreness play roles in aiding this process. If you're sore all the time, more than 72 hours past the first two weeks of training or after a long layoff, something is wrong with your training. Chances are you're doing too much in terms of volume per workout or frequency of workouts per week. 
The only way to know this is by writing things down and recording your numbers. Otherwise, how can you know it's too much? Constant soreness is an easy way to burn yourself out in the gym by overworking and causing excessive muscle damage. It's not sustainable, even for the most dedicated trainees. This is because their bodies won't even allow them, like literally won't even allow them to continue without sustaining injuries like tendonitis. Your body auto-regulates itself to prevent severe damage. So how do you fix this if you're struggling with constant soreness? A general approach is to understand what's happening in your training. Be aware, record your workouts daily, noting sets, reps, and how often you exercise each muscle group. This data helps you figure out where to reduce volume and frequency for the most consistently sore muscles. Okay, you don't know what, what you don't write down. In my educated and experienced opinion, as a beginner, doing more than four sets for any exercise and training a muscle group more than three times a week is generally excessive. Two to four sets work well for most beginners, and training each muscle group two to three times a week yields great results. Rep ranges should be larger for isolating smaller muscle groups like shoulders and biceps, which you're looking at around 6 to 15 reps, and shorter for compound movements that use multiple muscle groups like deadlifts and squats, which is, comes in around 3 to 10 reps. These ranges obviously depend on your goals, but they're often lower than you might expect, and that's a good thing. Okay, less is more as a beginner. The more that you can get out of doing the least and being efficient is going to take you the furthest in your first one to two years of training. It's important to note that nutrition and recovery also play critical roles in this situation. Without adequate rest between workouts, about 48 to 72 hours, and a well-balanced diet rich in protein and carbs, your soreness can linger, affecting your performance in subsequent workouts. If you are getting less than 8 hours of sleep per night, you are missing out on a ton of nature's most powerful healing medicine. Hey, sleep is the most underrated recovery tool that we have. It's starting to become more and more known how effective sleep is, but for a long time, sleep was kind of under the radar compared to all these different supplements and your diet and all these things about recovery. But now it's becoming more and more well-known that sleep is absolutely critical. If you think that you're going to be able to see your best gains with getting four hours of sleep per night, you're kidding yourself. Okay, and healing soreness is going to be much more difficult if you are not well rested. So remember, soreness is a result of muscle damage, okay, not a prerequisite for results. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Soreness is a result of muscle damage, just muscle damage, not a prerequisite for results. Feeling a bit sore after a workout you pushed yourself through with good technique is fine. But if your exercises just feel like nothing but grueling endurance work and your body can barely move the next day, you're struggling to get out of bed, you're, you're, you're struggling to sit on the toilet w without wincing and you know crying in pain, that is not good. Okay, find a middle ground. The chances of your brain registering fitness as a good thing for you when you're constantly just brutalizing yourself in the gym and you're miserable every single day. I mean, it would take a miracle for you to want to stick with that for any longer than like a month. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's it's easier to get through that pain initially, you know, like within the first couple of weeks or so because, you know, it's it's unavoidable. 
when you're training for the first time or after a huge layoff, you're going to be quite sore your first couple of weeks for sure, relatively speaking. It's definitely going to be kind of a shock at first. But beyond that, if you think that you can just sustain that level of soreness and see results on a regular basis, I mean, you actually might end up working yourself backwards. I mean, I've seen people that literally train so hard in the gym as beginners that they actually get in worse condition because of just things like tendonitis and, you know, just overwhelming muscle soreness. And that's the last thing that you want to kind of imprint in your mind about fitness is look at all this damage that it did to me instead of how much it helped me. I mean, the chances of you not only quitting, but not returning to the gym are so much higher. So watch out for yourself. Be modest with your programming. Remember, less is more. And yeah, the chances of you never coming back to the gym because you're in so much pain all the time are going to be much, much lower. All right, so what are some issues that you're facing keeping a consistent workout routine? Let me know by shooting me a DM at Level Up with Leon. All one word, spelled the same as this podcast, and I'll do my best to help you out so you can get on track and stay on track. As a beginner, it's completely normal to deal with all kinds of trial and error to discover what works best for you and your life. A coach can help you figure that out faster. I want to thank you so much for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, number two, and this is a great one, okay? Not prioritizing technique or overanalyzing it, okay? So extremes on both sides. Proper technique is something that, if not prioritized, can dramatically disrupt the quality of your training in the long term. This is for a number of reasons, but the most important ones are, number one, improper technique increases the likelihood that you don't train the target muscle sufficiently to see the best results because poor technique aka ego lifting is simply an attempt to move weight not to train muscles think about it brute force requires no specific positions and execution of movement to do it's just ape c thing ape push or pull it no matter the how or the why Novices have a tendency to think technique is not important because anything works as a beginner. So either they think it's overhyped or meant for more advanced lifters. The problem with this theory stems from how the brain learns movement patterns. The brain creates motor patterns from movements that are executed exactly a certain way over and over and over again. These motor patterns become embedded in the brain and although can feel awkward when learning them for the first time, after enough repetition, it can start to feel natural. The thing is though is that if you've been constantly performing shitty technique, shitty technique feels natural and you don't even realize it's wrong because it feels normal. It's important to realize that it is much, much harder to unlearn bad motor patterns than it is to learn good ones to begin with. Being careless about technique will eventually end up in you stalling in your progress because good technique ensures mechanical efficiency, which is a fancy way of saying the right muscles doing the right things with the right joints at the right time while using as minimal energy as possible than what's required. The second main thing that technique ensures is minimizing injury risk. 
When you ego lift, you tend to move weights with unnatural ranges of motion and put unnecessary stress on your joints and muscles. This has a higher chance of hurting you than good technique. Okay, it's important to realize though that you can still get injured with good technique. Okay, it can happen. It's 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 not unavoidable, but the chances of it are much lower. Think of squats and deadlifts, for example. I see partial squats more than any other squat, and partial squats are great examples of bad technique. Partial squats put tremendous unnecessary stress on the the knee joints because all of the compressive force goes straight into your knees when you don't go low enough to involve the hips in the movement. The hips being designed to carry much more load than the knees. When partial squats are constantly repeated, it teaches the brain that this is normal. And for any coaches out there listening to this, you know that teaching someone out of a partial squat into a full range of motion squat, hips below the knees, can sometimes be like teaching someone how to walk again. The squat is mechanically complicated because there's so many moving parts. Okay, it looks simple, but there's a lot happening. Okay, that's why partial squats exist because they require almost no coaching and can be self-coached with minimal attention. They are easier to perform and since the range of motion is limited, you can lift more weight than a full range squat. Easy doesn't always mean better in weightlifting. In fact, it's usually the opposite. And no, I don't mean go hop on a BOSU ball and juggle dumbbells. It's all about relative intensity within the confines of proper basic movement patterns. Now the deadlift for another example. One of the most clear signs of a shitty deadlift is an excessively rounded back. If you've ever been to a gym before, you've probably seen this at least once. A little bit of rounding is fine, but if you look like the letter U upside down, that's a problem. The spine is not designed to lift a tremendous weight inflection, which is what the bending motion in a rounded back is called. This is because your spine is articulated by a ton of smaller muscles called spinal erectors. These muscles are designed to prevent movement of the spine under a heavy load, not to allow it to move safely. Okay, key critical difference. This is a very common misconception of spinal mechanics. So knowing this, what happens when your spine rounds excessively under a heavy load is your spine telling you it cannot maintain its rigidity under the current load placed on it, and you need to either decrease the weight or adjust your technique so that your back remains as flat as possible throughout the movement. If you consistently lift with a rounded back, you are not automatically going to hurt yourself either acutely or chronically, but the chances of both are much higher than if you lift max effort weight with a flat back. Again, rounded deadlifts are not scrutinized enough because teaching someone how to flatten their back under the discomfort of a deadlift setup is not always easy. It's easy to just, again, tell Ape to go pick up barbell and set it down. Thus, shitty deadlifts exist. So again, if I get someone that's been partial squatting and rounded back deadlifting for five years and try to teach them how to break out of a five years old movement pattern that have been hardened by physiological adaptations and embedded motor patterns, it will be much harder to correct that than a newbie that I get touching the barbell for the first time. Now, on the other hand, there's also the problem of overanalyzing technique. Basically what this means is that you sacrifice progressive overload for the sake of having absolutely perfect technique. Good technique only truly matters if the movement is sufficiently challenging enough. If you are lifting a weight that is too light for too little reps, that's just mobility work. That's not training progressive overload. 
That's something that I had to learn the hard way through my own training experiences. I had a long phase of about six months plus where I was training too light because I felt like if I increased the weight, it didn't feel quote unquote perfect. I thought if my technique altered even slightly that I wasn't ready for the next jump in challenge. This kept me weak for too long. The truth is, is that in order to set PRs, you have to remember that you are pushing your body past its current limits within the relative dimension of capability. You are forcing your body to be pushed outside its comfort zone and adapt to more difficult conditions. This is not always going to be pretty and perfect, and that's okay. Okay? What it shouldn't be, though, is sloppy. Sloppy should never be acceptable. So during your training, if your technique deviates a bit or even more than you care to admit, but you hit your next PR, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Just make sure that you are paying attention so that you don't let your form get worse and worse. If this is happening, spend a longer time with the current weight and hit the basics of technique for the movement before progressing again. So for example, during a heavy squat, making sure that you're getting full depth and with the deadlift, making sure that your back doesn't look like a fishing pole being tugged on by a whale. Okay. Lift well, but don't be a princess, okay? We're here to get big and strong, not be biomechanical experiments. Are you struggling with your technique on certain movements and want some free help? Head on over to my Instagram at levelupwithleon and click the link in bio to submit your video for a free form check delivered to you fast. Also, a quick reminder to leave a five-star rating if you're enjoying the podcast today and share it with a friend. Now let's get into the last part of the episode. All right, the third and final thing, which I think is just not very talked about nowadays with beginners in the gym because everyone's trying to sell you a program and everybody's trying to tell you that they know the very best thing for you to do. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm not one of those people. I definitely talk about optimality. I talk about how you can get the most out of your training. But I think that's something that is not talked about enough is not having fun. Okay, this might come as a surprise to you, but not having enough fun in the gym is a real thing and is a common problem a new lifter faces when trying to get the most out of their time spent in the gym. For me personally, I had a ton of fun learning about and implementing the absolute quote unquote best exercises and best programs because I was really passionate about it. But if you're not like me and not really concerned about deep diving into exercise science, it's important that you find ways to genuinely enjoy and look forward to going to the gym. Like I've mentioned before, anything works when you're new to weight training. How much it works is not as important as actually doing anything and doing it for a long time. It's cliche by now that the best program means nothing if you don't do it, but it's true. The best program is the one you do consistently for a long period of time. If that means trying out new exercises regularly and different methods of programming, even though it's, it's unorganized, it will still get you more jacked and stronger than if you do nothing because you hate your current boring program. Okay, so don't be afraid to experiment. Get in there. If you see a machine that like looks cool to you and you want to try it or you saw some cool movement on you know YouTube that you want to go in the gym and try out, don't hesitate. Go in there. 
just because something doesn't feel right the first time, give it a few more tries, kind of get in the groove of the movement and then judge it from there. You know, oftentimes there are movements that you may never discover work great for your body because you don't try them. So when you're a newbie, it's the best time to go in there and try new things because you can get results from doing whatever. I've had a sort of change of heart about this myself, actually, recently, because I used to be the coach that would tell a newbie that, quote, you have to do this exercise or, quote, you have to follow this program or you're wasting your time. But the older that I get in my own training, the more I realize that doing anything regularly is infinitely better than spinning your wheels doing something you hate. I will say that it's important to keep some sort of organization in your training. For example, including the standard bench squat and deadlift into your program as a beginner is just so profoundly effective that I would recommend keeping those as a foundation and then experimenting beyond that. But even the squat bench deadlift is not absolutely necessary despite what any powerlifter might tell you. Those movements may not be enjoyable to you and that's fine. Just make sure to also manage your expectations and understand that after months of experimentation, it'll be up to you to hunker down and do the hard shit if you really want to massively improve your strength and physique. Just like any project that requires tools, exercises are tools for the job, and some just flat out work better than others for specific goals. So have fun, but also use that time to figure out what you really want to do in the gym long term. At the end of the day, though, the gym is a place that you should at least somewhat look forward to going to each time. You don't have to absolutely adore it, but you should not hate it. Hating something makes it much harder to stick with, period. So just as they say when it comes to relationships, quote, have fun while you're young, same idea applies to being young in training age in the gym, trying things out for the first time. But eventually, you'll have to commit to something to see your absolute potential manifest itself. Okay, so so again, when you're in the gym for the first time trying things out, that is the time to, you know, play the field, right? Just like relationships. Play the field, go on some dates, you know, try some exercises, find out what, you know, works best for you, what aligns most with your goals and stuff like that. And then... Once you get some experience and you figure out what you enjoy the most and you see yourself being able to take something to the next level and really commit to it, then do that. But, you know, date around first. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, that is the end of today's content. I hope you found some value in today's episode, whether you are new to the gym and hearing this for the first time or someone that needed some reminders on certain things that can get in the way of getting the most from your training. Now, let's get into the outro. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Level Up with Leon podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to follow the podcast and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Your feedback means the world to me, so please take a moment to rate the podcast with five stars if it brought you value and share it with a friend or family member you think might feel the same. Do you want to hear me talk about a specific topic or have a burning question about fitness or self-improvement? I'd love to hear from you. Send in your request to my Instagram at levelupwithleon, spelled the same as this podcast, all one word. And who knows, your idea might just become the next exciting episode on my show. For more valuable fitness and self-improvement content, be sure to follow me on, on Instagram and, and threads at levelupwithleon or Twitter at leveluplee, spelled L-E-V-E-L-U-P-L-E-E. 
Let's build a strong and supportive community together. Join the Level Up Fitness Podcast Facebook group where like-minded individuals come together to uplift, motivate, achieve their fitness goals, and level up their lives. Are you struggling with your form on a certain exercise and you feel like you just can't figure out how to fix it? Send in your video to my Dropbox link in the description and get advanced form checks by me personally for free. Just title the video with your first name and IG handle so I know it's you. If my coaching helped at all, all I ask is that you let others know by sharing it on your social media. Level up your lifts and set your next PR. Remember, I'm here to support you on your fitness journey and together we'll level up our lives one step at a time. Thank you for being a part of this incredible community. Stay motivated, stay focused, and keep leveling up. It's back to the hustle for me, I'm out. But before I go, let me leave you with this quote. Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Winston Churchill. See you next time.